Wednesday morning to you. Glad to have you here on the Back Row Morning Show with Matt and Mo, only on Back Row Radio. Mo, not here this week. Had something come up at the last minute, kind of, kind of overwhelming, and uh, can't really talk about it. But uh, yeah, she had to have another week off. Uh, hopefully, hopefully she'll be back next week. Uh, she'll still be dealing with some of this stuff next week, but uh, we think we'll be able to carve out some time to get stuff recorded for next week. So for now, it's just me. Coming up on today's show, Jeremiah 2911 does apply to you, just not how you think. Plus, the latest news, facts, and more. First, today is October 9th, and it is National Sneakers Day, so go shoes. It's also Submarine Hoagie Hero Grinder Day. What's your favorite? Where do you go to get your your sub sandwiches? Hmm? You go to Subway? You go to Jimmy John's? You go to EG's? Where do you go? Where do you go? Where do you go? I need to know... Because I'm hungry. It's also National Pro-Life Cupcake Day. And I know what you're thinking. What on earth is a pro-life cupcake? Can cupcakes have an existential stance on uh, birthrights? Uh, No. Um, (laughs) I remember this coming up last year and Mo and I finding out about it. It's essentially just a day that a group started where they bake a bunch of cupcakes. They go out to a public. They put up a sign that says, Free Cupcakes. And they use that as a as a as a gateway to start a conversation about uh, the right to life, uh, the pro choice movement, and and vice versa, and, and why you know we believe that abortion is wrong. And so, uh, uh, good on you if you're participating in one of those today. <coughs> Pardon me, I am battling a cold still. I'm trying to trying to get past that. Trying not to cough so much in the microphone. Uh, we got artist updates today. The new Skillet song, Legendary, is making inroads into another unique venue. The band announced last week, tonight our show, Legendary, becomes an official theme song for WWE's Raw. This is the, the flagship show for WWE or WWF, if you haven't been into wrestling in the last 20 years. Uh, World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, they have just kicked off an, a new season. And uh, a new kind of era in in uh, their raw raw programming, which they they change the theme song roughly every three years or so. At least they have since in, since uh, the late '90s, and so it's likely that Legendary will be the theme for quite some time. And it's really cool. They don't normally have like uh, the band like footage of the band mixed in with the opening, but they they had. Skillet come out and like perform a concert, and they used that footage and intermixed it with the the superstars from WWE for the the entrance music, which is really cool. It's a really good video. You can go check it out on Google. Uh, Raw uh, entrance video 2019, I think. Raw theme song 2019. But yeah, it's really good. Really proud of them. Uh, WWE is one of those companies that has not been afraid to. To spotlight Christian bands uh, in the in the past, it's usually you know it's usually the louder Christian bands, uh, Skillet, Thousand Foot Crutch. Uh, I think Toby Mac even at one point was uh, uh, used as a theme song for like a pay per view. But I believe this is the first time that a Christian song has been used as like the main theme song, a the thing you'll hear every week. So it's really cool. It's a really big deal. Uh, and we're very happy for Skillet. Uh, Toby Mac, speaking of him, was working out in the ruins of a Roman gym last week. 
He was in Israel with uh, Michael Tate and posted that the Romans usually wrestled in the gym. However, since Tate wasn't with him at the time, Toby Mack says he settled for push-ups instead. Uh, Phil Wickham says church is about Christ. It's his body, his bride. He is building it. He is leading it. The longtime worship leader shared, loved this moment at our gathering today. We lifted up in prayer a young pastor who is planting a new church in the area. No special ties to our church community. We're just pumped for more of the kingdom of heaven in San Diego. Our pastor even encouraged those who live closer to where the new church plant is to pray about whether God wants them to be a part of this new community. That's amazing, first of all. (coughs) We get so uh, caught up in the numbers games with churches and and, you know, we're afraid of other churches stealing people from our church and stuff like that. But to actually actively say, hey, this is a new community, a new church that's going to need leaders and uh, pray about whether or not this is where God might want you to go next. That's really cool. That's really cool. Worship leader Paul Belosh, Belosh, Belaki, I don't know how you pronounce it, B-A-L-O-C-H-E, was putting it all in perspective. He posted, consider that no matter how hard today was, There are at least a billion people who would happily trade places with you right now. Jeremy Camp celebrated National Coffee Day last week by purchasing a $50 gift card from Starbucks for anyone to use. He posted a picture of the card and the code, says this is a first-come, first-served gift card, so when it runs out, it runs out. Matthew West responded, thanks, I bought $50 worth of low-fat turkey sandwiches, turkey bacon sandwiches. Jeremy wasn't angry. He replied back, low-fat, good call. Burn. Burn on Matthew West. Z2 Comics is launching Skillet's New York Comic Con debut this weekend in a big way in support of their brand new best-selling graphic novel, Eden, a Skillet graphic novel. Uh, The New York-based publisher began collaborating with with the musicians to create graphic novels centered on unique stories and exclusive music in 2016. And with the release of Eden in late August, the book is on the fast track to becoming Z2's best-selling book of all time. And lastly, Nancy DeMoss Walgmuth giving announcements uh, during this weekend's Revive Our Hearts conference said, Don't save seats, only people can be saved. <clears throat> Here's the news. When you are thirsty and in need of a drink, which beverage, which beverages are best at keeping you hydrated? Sure, you can always reach for a glass of water, but plain H2O isn't the most hydrating beverage around, according to a study from Scotland's St. Andrews University that compared the hydration responses of several different drinks. The researchers found that while water, both still and sparkling, does a pretty good job of quickly hydrating the body, beverages with a little bit of sugar, fat, or protein do an even better job at keeping us hydrated for longer. For example, milk was found to be even more hydrating than plain water because it contains the sugar lactose. Uh, some protein and some fat, all of which help to slow the emptying of fluid from the stomach and keep hydration happening over a longer period of time. I had heard that before. Like, I, I had heard that a few years ago, at least, that the best thing to drink after a workout is not water, it is milk. <coughs> to the point that I did that for a while when I was active in the gym. Um, I, don't, I can't say that I did it long enough to be able to tell you whether or not it worked out better, but... I do know that was a thing. So that's cool that there's an actual study behind it now that I can cite. And uh, that's it for the first hour. When we come back, we are going to be talking about uh, 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 Kanye West and some uh, awkward sermon illustrations. So stick around for that. But first, 
It is Hip Hop Hump Day here on this Wednesday morning, so we're going to kick off this music break with three uh, Christian rap songs from yesterday and today. Stick around. We'll be back at the top of the hour. Hey, have you heard? We're so glad that you're listening to the Back Row Morning Show in its podcast form. But we hear there's actually an entire radio station that plays some amazing Christian music throughout the show and all day long. We've heard and now you have too. Join us at BackRowRadio.com and stream online or download our free app for iPhone and Android. Backrow Radio, Christian music in every flavor. To illustrate the problem of going through life without God, Amazing Allen will attempt to disarm this bomb without a manual. Not to worry, guys. Everyone knows you always cut the red wire. Okay, Allen. Everyone behind the cement walls and action. Yellow, green, blue. Uh, guys, there's no red wire. What do I do? Whatever feels right, Alan. Whatever feels right. Just do what's right for you, Alan. Well, if I would have designed this bomb, I would have put in a red wire. That's the point, Alan. We didn't design life either. That's why we need God. Aha! Here's a red wire. I knew I could do this on my own. The Bible is our owner's manual. It gives us practical instruction on how to live life. There's got to be a better way to make these points, guys. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show here on this Wednesday morning. Glad to have you with us. It's the top of the second hour of our show today. And uh, if you aren't aware, it's just me. Just me, Matt, in the studio today. So, uh, you know, I'm doing the best I can. I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. Thumbs up, winky face. Uh, news, as fans eagerly awaited the official release of Kanye West's trailblazing Jesus is King album, originally scheduled for Friday, September 27th, the hip-hop superstar has reportedly announced that he will be exclusively creating faith-based music from now on. Uh, early Sunday morning, Andrew Barber of the Chicago hip-hop music blog Fake Shore Drive tweeted the news after attending West's second listening of the album. Kanye also announced that he is no longer making secular music, only gospel from here on out, Barber wrote. So this has brought a lot of speculation. Uh, I believe there was a, 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 a tweet or something from his wife as well about, you know, he's, he's kind of newfound or new invigorated faith. Uh, you know, he's always been kind of in that realm. Of you know uh, of, of faith, you know we remember Jesus walks was a big thing back then, uh, you know, and it had that great line in it. You know, if I mention Jesus on my track, then it won't get played or something like that. And that was, 
Oh yeah, and it had that that huh <laughs> when Jesus Yeah, that 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 just that was a like a guilt bearing huh against everybody in the music industry. Uh, it was a good line. It was a good song. Uh, I wouldn't say it was a Christian song per se. You know, I don't think that would fit in the gospel music genre. Uh, I have not heard any of the the new album. I'm not, I'm not. I'm still like I said. I think it was supposed to come out on the 27th. I'm still not sure it's out. Uh, I need to double check that. Uh, I you know I wouldn't hold my breath that any of it's going to be played on Backbar Radio. But uh, this 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 has been a bit of a a weird conversation in the music industry now. Like, does he consider himself a Christian artist now? He says he's only going to be making gospel-type music from here on out. But does that mean it's officially gospel music? Does that mean he's a, a, you know, we would go to him to represent the Christian faith in the music industry? Uh, You know, it was kind of of along the same lines with Snoop Dogg when he released that that, uh, gospel album a couple years ago. You know, is that technically a Christian album? Do we uh, do we play that on Christian charts? It's, it's a weird, weird discussion, and I'm sure we have people listening who are on both sides of that fence. Uh, I don't know, but Christian rapper KB uh, posted he KB uh, artist that just came out with a new track called Lincoln, which is fire. Uh, he posted, my prayer is not that Kanye would become a great Christian artist, but a great Christian. Do not co-opt his efforts as a win for the genre, but pray, hope, believe for a win for the kingdom. Ultimately, our greatest desire is not his Christian music. We want his soul anchored in Christ. No one among us is qualified to qualify. Qualified to qualify how real this moment is. That's Jesus's job. But the Holy Spirit is always authentic, and where we see him working, even in small ways, we pray and rejoice. Perhaps this perceived sincerity is short-lived, but dear saints of God, pray that it isn't. You don't need to know how Kanye plans to persevere or undo all the failures to simply pray and rejoice when you see grace abounding. And that's absolutely true. There is... There is every possibility that, uh, you know, this is just another phase in Kanye's, uh, some would say, random kind of life. You know, the random kind of uh, devotion to different people, places, and things, uh, and ideas. But uh, it's also possible that this really is the beginning of a complete change, a complete spiritual awakening in this man, and that is what we should pray for. So forget about the music. Pray for his soul. Ideally, we would think that he would step away from music for a while and, I, and you know, build up his faith before he tries to make music based on that faith uh, for fear of it being maybe too shallow or, or not 100% on point. But, you know, that's, that's, that's his path. That's his journey. But, yeah, we, if, if nothing else... Pray that it's genuine, and pray that he'll grow. Uh, all right, so we've got some awkward sermon illustrations here. Facts and Trends, Facts and Trends blog, some of our friends over there. Every now and then they uh, they put out like a little little Twitter game and a little Twitter challenge and see who's going to respond. And uh, uh, author Russell Meek, uh, the, the author of this article and this game, uh, put it together, and he said, what was your best, worst sermon illustration? As in, what was the the worst of the worst? You know, what was the 
the the top prize for your worst sermon illustration. Uh, for him, he said, in seminary, I was talking uh, to a group of at least 30 years my seniors, and I explained an illustration from South Park. The more I tried to explain, the worse it was for everybody. <coughs> so not surprisingly, they got plenty of responses from pastors, teachers, and congregation members. Uh, so here are a few of the best ones that they chose. Uh, let's see here. We've got Daniel Carpenter at D4 Neil. It's basically at Daniel Carpenter, except the A's are replaced with fours. Uh, at a late night college service, which rarely had families in attendance, I made a passing comment about how there's no such thing as Santa Claus. I broke the heart of a four-year-old that night, and his mom never brought him back. <laughs> also, he spelled Santa Claus with an E at the end of Claus, which just goes to show you how much that Tim Allen movie has affected society. Everybody thinks that's how it's spelled. Uh, let's see. We got Joshua Ray at Joshua Ray. Uh, he said, mine came during a talk at the college fellowship I was a part of. The illustration was about how a dirty jar set under a running faucet will gradually be cleaned by the running water. Not a terrible illustration, but I forgot where I'd heard it from the speaker the week before. <clears throat> we used that. Uh, we used a, uh, Gatorade bottle, get a Gatorade, like with a, with a, like a dark blue, dark purple Gatorade. And put it under a faucet, and you run that sucker for like two minutes, and all the Gatorade's gone, and it's clear water inside. It's a really cool illustration. But yeah, it's a little rough when you seal it from, you know, the week before. Uh, we, <laughs> we got, let's see, not that one, not that one. Uh, all right, this one's bad. At Chris Price 81 says, youth preaching class in college, a guy used uh, an old preacher's tale of throwing like live goldfish onto the floor in hopes people would rush to save them, trying to parallel our need to be moved to save souls. But none of us moved towards the fish, and he had to stop and sheepishly pick them all up. Uh, yeah, that's pretty bad. That's pretty awkward. <clears throat> All right, preaching, this comes from David, 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 D-A-I, George, so David Day George, uh, preaching at a youth conference on the sins that so easily beset us, the preacher spoke of an old sales, of old sail ships being fouled and needing to have barnacles scraped off the underside of the ship. His punchline was, young people, let me ask you, have you got barnacles on your bottom? <laughs> oh man <clears throat> Brad Newbold says I was illustrating hell by describing what it's like to ski in a lake how many or how when you are immersed in the water is what it will be like to be immersed in fire and then I said but you can't ski your way out of hell my wife has never let me live that one down <laughs> Uh, JD on the road at JD on the road, not mine, but I once sat in a whole sermon on how the Holy Trinity was just like poutine. You can't split up the fries, gravy or squeaky cheese great as they are individually. This was in Quebec. If you haven't already guessed, <laughs> yeah, pretty much once they're in there, they're in there guys. Try to take gravy off of something. That ain't happening. Topic was selfishness. 
comes from at D Brian Rhodes. I use the example of how when my family sits down with a casserole, everybody starts trying to pick out the best portion for themselves, even though all the portions are essentially the same. The second bit is tantamount to blasphemy in the South, apparently. <laughs> That's true. The portions are not the same, guys. There is a best portion, and it's usually a corner piece, everybody, just so you know. Uh, yeah, pretty interesting stuff. There's a couple more uh, on here if you want to read it, and of course there's probably a whole slew of them over on Twitter based on the original article, which has multiple, multiple comments on it. So you can go check it out. You can find the full article, the nine best worst sermon illustrations ever used, on the Facts and Trends blog at factsandtrends.net by Russell Meek. Uh, check it out. Check out his uh, Twitter handle at Russ underscore Meek, and uh, you'll find all this stuff. We are going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Uh, it's 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 uh, well, it's something that I think a lot of us need to hear. Huh? Huh? Okay. So until then, it is Hip Hop Hump Day. So we're going to head into a music break and. Because it's Hip Hop Hump Day, the first three songs are going to be some rap or Christian songs from yesterday and today. Stick around. I'll be back at the top of the hour. Backrow Radio is a commercial-free ministry that is partially funded by our Patreon donors. If you like what we do here at Backrow Radio and you'd like to support us financially, please visit patreon.com slash backrowradio. To the back row morning show here on this glorious Wednesday morning. Glad to have you with us uh, today. In the main topic here, I want to talk about a passage that has been overly used and used incorrectly, and continues to be used incorrectly and thought of incorrectly by a surprisingly large number of believers. And that passage is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. And for those who are unfamiliar, it reads like this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And so those of you who don't know what this story comes from, you apply it to yourself. You apply it to, uh, or we see it, like especially if you've graduated. If you graduated high school in a Christian home or community, you probably got at least one thing, if not multiple things, with this verse written on it. Like a Bible cover or a mug or at least a card or something that has that on there. Because that's a good, like, future, you know, you're, you're moving on. This is your, God has a plan for you to prosper you and he has a future for you. And uh, that's, you know, that's fine. Okay, it's not 
biblically accurate, but it's fine. Uh, it's not really hurting anybody. When it starts to hurt people is when prosperity gospel preachers use that verse out of context to say that when God says he has plans to prosper you, he means he's going to give you money. He's going to fill up your coffers with with all kinds of dollar-dollar bills, y'all. Bentleys, big houses. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, dangerous. It's dangerous. And so that's why this kind of counter-movement has begun where you will see posts and and comments and Twitter bios and all this that just say the phrase Jeremiah 29:11 is not about you. <coughs> and when people argue they say, "Oh, tell me when the last time you were in Babylonian exile." And uh, that's while I get the spirit behind that. That's also wrong. Of course it's about us. It's about everybody. The whole Bible is like that. Every story we read in the Bible can pertain to us. That's why it exists. We can't say, oh, well, we didn't live in that exact perfect situation, so this verse can't apply to us. The problem is, is that it we apply it to us wrong because we don't read the entirety of the story. We don't put it in context. So take that verse... Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Let's take that and let's shove it back into context. Jeremiah 20, 29 is titled in most books, A Letter to the Exiles. This is a letter from Prophet Jeremiah sent to Jerusalem uh, to the surviving elders among the exiles, to the priests, the prophets, and all the other people. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. And this was actually God allowing this to happen. God even says that God was the one who carried them into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon in the fourth verse. <clears throat> and see, if you, if you know the history of the Israelites, you know that from, from the very beginning, they have been provided for by God, blessed by God. And yet they continue to turn away from him, to follow other gods, to intermarry with other religions, to make their own golden statue gods. And time and time again, they leave him behind and time and time again, they come back begging to be taken back. And God forgives them and blesses them again. And then they turn from him again. And this has been happening on and on over and over again up to this point until where finally God said, okay. I'm going to let you be captured. You've gone so far away from me. I'm going to let you suffer the consequences. And so this letter that Jeremiah brings <clears throat> is telling them, you know, in the first part, it's telling them, look, this is where you, you live now. Build houses, settle here. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons. Give your daughters into marriage. Do not decrease in number. Increase in number. He said, pray for the city. Pray that the, the city of Babylon will prosper because if it does, you'll prosper. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you, though, deceive you. Don't listen to the dreams of the religions of the people there. They're prophesying lies. I have not sent them to Babylon. 
Let's pick up with verse 10. Verse 10 says, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. God is saying that you have been you have been running from me. You have been denying me. You have been been worshiping other gods instead of me for so long that I'm finally going to hand you over to this, this consequence of yours. You are now in exile. You are in captivity in Babylon. But during this time, during these, these consequences, during this, this period of... of, of I'm hesitant to say the word punishment, but it's essentially that. During this time, you will realize that you need me. You will remember me. You will pray to me. You will call out to me. You will seek me. And you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And it's then, when that finally happens, that I will bring you out of captivity. (coughs) Pardon me. So when we look at it in that frame of mind, that frame of reference, of course that can also apply to us. I often use this as part of my testimony for when I got sent to prison. I screwed up because time and time again, even though I was a believer, time and time again I ran from God and from what he was calling me to do to get rid of my bad habits and my bad addictions. And that sent me to jail. I was in jail for six months. Not a long time. Very, very short sentence. But enough. And I know that God used that time to grow me. Because frankly, I had never really let him be the God in my life. I had put my my wife, uh, even way back when she was my girlfriend, in that position. The position of of the person that I run to. Never God. So God allowed me to be put in captivity to where the only person that I could rely on, the only thing I could run to was him. And that is where I learned to seek God with all of my heart. I'm not perfect at it now, but I'm much better than I was. God wants us to be able to make our own decisions. Okay, that's that's kind of what he gave us at the beginning, the whole free will thing. If you're a Calvinist, I'm sorry if you don't agree with this, but that's where we're at. I believe God gave us this free will. He doesn't want to take that free will away from us. He wants us to choose him. But that doesn't mean he's not going to do everything that he can without breaking that rule that he set for himself. To get our attention. And so if that means. If he knows that we'll come to him. After we suffer the consequences. Of our actions a little bit. Of course he's going to let us. Be taken into exile. Of course he's going to let us. Wander the wilderness. 
All these stories, all these stories in the Bible pertain to us. Somehow, in some way, maybe even a minute way. But nothing's in there without a point. <clears throat> There's no part of the Bible that's just filler. You know what I'm saying? Jeremiah 29:11 is about you, but it's not about how God has all these plans to make you rich and prosperous. It's about how God, in spite of our failings and in spite of our sins and in spite of us turning our back on him time and time again, God still wants to do something great with you. God still wants to provide for you. God still wants you to be his child, doing his work, following his steps, following his plan for your life. But he can't do that. He won't do that. Until you seek him with all of your heart. Then he will be found by you. That's the requirement. That's what he set in place. Seek me. Cry out to me. Pray for me. Pray pray to see me. You know what I mean. I pray for him, but pray for him. I don't know if that made it any clearer. Ugh. Doing this all off the cuff, by the way. I don't have any of this written down. It's just something that's in my heart. Life might be tough in the short term, but trusting God's plan for your life will get you there faster. It's the same thing we say in Celebrate Recovery. The 12 steps have biblical mandate behind them. You got to follow that plan and sometimes it'll take longer than you want it to. If you skip steps, if you jump things, it's not going to work. God has a plan. You follow that plan, things are going to work out. You try to follow your own plan, you're going to find yourself back in exile. That's the bottom line. So yes, Jeremiah 29.11 is about you. Just not the way you think. Stick around, it is Hip Hop Hump Day. We're going to be playing three more Christian rap songs from yesterday and today to kick off this music hour, and I will be back at the end of the hour to close out the show. The Back Row Rap Block. Two hours of the best Christian rap and hip hop from yesterday and today. Saturdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, only on Battle Radio. Back to the Back Row Morning Show here on this Wednesday morning. We've got your Bible verse and thought for the day to close out the show. 
Deuteronomy 13.4 is your Bible verse for the day. It says, it is the Lord your God you must follow and him you must revere. Keep his commandments and obey him, serve him and hold fast to him. And the thought for the day comes from Paul David Tripp. Since you don't know what will happen around the corner, hold your plans with an open hand and rest in the love and grace of your Savior. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, I am here typically with my co-host Mo every Monday through Thursday, 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific with an encore at 10 Eastern and 7 Pacific. Our podcast is usually available in the afternoon of the day of the show. Um, Potify, Potify. <laughs> Podbean and Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and uh, you can probably throw our RSSS feed in any of your favorite podcast aggregators out there. And uh, yeah, you can also find us on BackRowRadio.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at BackRowRadio. Join our laughter-inducing Facebook community, BackRow Baptist Church, by going to BRBChurch.com. Android users, download our brand new app brand new app it's not an update to the old app it is a brand new app the old app will soon be going by the wayside brand new app back row radio check it out in the google play store hopefully it's it's being uh, it's it's in the store now but as i'm recording this on the saturday prior to when you're listening to this uh it's it's still not like in the search results on google play so if, if it's still not in there go to uh, our link tree, which is linktr.ee forward slash back row radio, and you'll find the direct link to it there. So that's linktr.ee forward slash back row radio. Uh, it's got all our main links, but the top one will be the Android app, the new Android app. iTunes users or iPhone users, I'm sorry, uh, we, we, we're still working on that version, the new version of the app. Uh, it will be coming. I just can't tell you exactly when the process. Um, essentially our old app, we used a company that, that built the app for us and published it for us. And so things have changed in the way that works. And we're not very happy with the old app anymore. It's, it's, uh, reliability has gotten a little lax, uh, in the last, uh, few months. And so we're having to like build our own and upload it ourselves. And the Android process was a lot and so I'm the, the iTunes process is even more. So it's taken us a little bit more time to get the, uh, the iPhone version up there. But it is coming. Until then, you can still use the old app. Uh, even if it leaves the store, I believe it'll stay in your phone as long as you don't delete it. Uh, so you can still use the old app, uh, but the new app is coming. So, yeah, there we go. Uh, now that I've rambled on a bit, that's it for the show. Final word for today trust in God's plan. Leave your own plans behind. That's it for today's show. If you need us, I'll be in the back. Bye.